Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 104. I have a little bonus show for you this week, just a little extra show, uh, and it's because I have met this gorgeous um, founder, Georgina Wilson-Powell, over in the UK uh, through her incredible publication, Pebble. I think they're doing really cool things, and even though we have a chock-a-bot program full of incredible um, podcasts. I just wanted to slip this one in because I always like a good founder story and the understanding of why someone decides, especially in online publishing, you know, it's a really hard space to get ahead to, you know, producing content is really tricky, uh, you know, at the, at the mass scale that you need to do it at, to stay at the, the leader in the pack and, um, and to, to help move ethical shopping forward, to help move slow fashion forward, to help give rise to ecotourism, all sorts of cool topics. Uh, and Pebble are doing a really good job of that over in the UK. So you have a bonus show this week, and I hope you enjoy my chat with Georgina Wilson Powell. You have all the details on how to subscribe to Pebble, how to get their awesome city guides, uh, with, um, which which are just fantastic and they're going to be rolling out more and more of those, which just helps you kind of connect with all the cool ethical slash organic things in a city if you're, you care about those sorts of things and, and that's how you want to um, travel which I think is fun. Uh, And yeah, so there you go. Now, before I hook into that chat, I just want to remind you that this month's show supporter is Walida and we have a wonderful 20% off their range with free shipping on $29.95 or more purchases. Head to the show notes to see uh, a little bit more about what I use in the range if you need a bit of inspiration, but I suggest you do some research, have a little think, make a list and make the most of that fantastic offer that they've given us for the month of September. Enjoy my chat with Georgina. Hey Georgina, how are you? I'm good, thanks Alex. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited to chat to you because um well, for a lot of reasons, because we're all we're both interested in many of the same things obviously, but also because of your gorgeous Pebble publication which I came across recently on Instagram and then fortuitously one of your team got in touch to say we think Alex and Georgina would have a great conversation and and from there it kind of went on and and I've discovered since all these fantastic things that you guys are doing that we're going to talk about today but um thanks for joining me on the show uh really excited to chat to you yay me too I I would like to start as I often start with people um, on the show just kind of just ask you were you always like a sustainable living love child or was there some sort of an aha that happened on the way that landed you um, into being so passionate about sustainable living um I definitely wasn't a sustainable living love child although that sounds <laughs> amazing and doesn't it sound I fun I wish I had been yeah, yeah I see hippies with flowers in my hair um I, I wish I could sort of say that that what happened um no I was a completely normal person and I grew up in the 80s and 90s and we didn't really think about plastic waste and food waste and all these other issues that we're talking about um and I merrily uh, at the age of 27 skipped off to Dubai um, I worked there for six years, and as you can imagine, Dubai is not exactly the most sustainable place on earth. Mm. Were you a journalist by then? I was. So yeah. I've been a journalist for about sixteen years, um, always working in sort of food and travel magazines. Um, 
And I went out to Dubai and then I ended up working with people like Time Out and Lonely Planet and the BBC um, and had an amazing time. But it just got to me uh, seeing how much waste we got through over there. Um, you obviously can't drink uh, water from the taps. You have to drink water from plastic bottles. Um, and just the amount that would pile up in my own flat on my own would just you know, there was nowhere to recycle it either. So it just, it felt very uncomfortable. Mm, I uh, have a similar uh, aha around plastic bottles. I think it was about 10 years ago now. Um, and we're from Mauritius on my mum's side. And we were in Mauritius uh, for a big Christmas family kind of celebration. And uh, and same deal, you know, you couldn't drink from the tap, so you, you would buy the bottles of water and we would just buy cases and cases. And, you know, you can yeah. imagine French Catholics, they get busy on little islands, so <laughs> there's cousins everywhere, lots and lots of us around. And, um, and I think, like, and there was no way to recycle. That was the other no. thing. So I think, you know, we would go through maybe one case a day of um of these huge 1.5 liter kind of size bottles and and like you know by the end of a week it was like oh my golly this is so bad and i i i think it's a very it's a good flashpoint that's happened mm. because they're visible and when i was living in dubai you know, i lived on my own but i had bottles in every room there were half drunk bottles in the car um and you just kind of go what what are we doing um, and also I was working as a travel journalist, so I was very lucky enough to be flying, you know, a lot and flying all over the world, um, a lot to Africa, a lot to sort of uh, places like the Seychelles and the Maldives, which was a, like a dream job. Mm. But you end up seeing the impact of that sort of um, throwaway life and you see it all in the seas and just being in the middle of the most beautiful landscapes on earth, you know, with 100%, coral reefs, yeah. water everywhere and then you get a you know, uh, some, some plastic straw bobbing by or you see this being washed up. And I also met so many people who ran amazing conservation projects and were so passionate about what they were doing. And I just got to thinking, there's nothing that represents them. There's, you aren't seeing these stories coming through in mainstream, pre- in mainstream press. Um, and there's actually so much positivity out there that, again, sometimes gets lost in the statistics and the doom and gloom and the, you know, everything else that's going on. Um, and then sort of fast forward a few years, this sort of bubbled away and bubbled away. I left Dubai um, and my stepdad uh, lives in Ireland, uh, or did live in Ireland. Um, and he lived a very kind of organic life, kind of lots of sort of, basically lived this sort of very sort of permaculture, you know, living off the land very lightly, doing everything in rhythm with nature. He was a woodworker. He invested back into his local community. Everybody knew him. Um, and he died very suddenly um, two years yeah. ago. And it just really made me, A, sort of a bit out of grief, kind of go, what can I do that, that really celebrates what he used to do? But also kind of realise if you're thinking about doing something, just get on and do it. Yes. Uh, so we actually launched Pebble six months to the day after he died, just quite randomly. But in that six months, we put a whole business together. Yeah. Um, so it just... Uh, so that that kind of started my my journey really. That's what I wanted to do, and I'm I'm very passionate about sort of permaculture and green design, and I'm fascinated by like Wired magazine when they're talking about these crazy innovations, and I'm very interested in like how things work and what we can do to make better solutions for people. Mm. Um, and then I wanted to put a consumer spin on it because I thought again, all these stories are getting lost. If you're not a real geeky person you might not hear about these kind of amazing new solutions, but actually they're interesting to everybody in yes, different ways. 
especially presented in a way that we can all relate to, which is, you know, that's why I started this show. Same reason. Absolutely. And there's so many now, so many amazing brands out there that are doing things differently and that you won't find on the high street and you might not find on Amazon. And we just, we want to be a platform to celebrate those people as well and kind of introduce them to consumers and readers who who want to live a, a different life. Um, so it's just, it's exploded, quite honestly. It's been 18 months of crazy um, with no signs of, of letting up yet. Mm, yeah. And um, so you mentioned your interest in permaculture. Did that come from him? Yeah, it came partly from him. Um, he lived in a place called Kinsale down the south of Ireland, um, and it's home to a very famous permaculture institutes. So the people in the town would be talking about this kind of stuff. Um, and it's really just a way of, whether you're farming or homesteading or have a, a veggie patch, just sort of being more in tune with nature and using what you've got rather than adding chemicals or, or anything else. Um, and it just, it just really, um, it really appealed to me and it ha- has done for years. And at one point before I launched Pebble, I thought I would leave media altogether and go and do something else. And the idea of becoming a, a permaculture farmer was was quite interesting mm. until I realised mm. absolutely useless at um, <laughs> standing in, a, in the middle of winter. Um, so that was that was a, a maybe just a dream, but uh, yeah, I'm very interested in all that kind of thing. And on Pebble, we talk a lot not just about food and sort of having pretty plates of food that, that are sort of you know appeal to Instagram, but also talking a lot about the farming and the the production of that um, and how it got to you, um, which links into a lot of work we do around food waste. So we, mm. we try and get to think a bit more deeply about where their stuff is coming from and where it's going. Mm, absolutely. Um, and uh, and I think it's why I love what you guys are doing because I think it's going to take all of us who have an interest in communicating in a positive and um and connective way um these big issues and the doom and gloom stuff but in really beautiful ways that actually make us feel we can all do something is um it's just really important right we all have to do it if if we feel called so called to do definitely and i think there's there's you know two really key things to getting everyone involved i think it has to be accessible and you have to break down the information and make it seem convenient for people or make it convenient and it has to be stylish and desirable um so really, that's that's the sort of side that we focus on. You know, all the products that we feature, all the people that we feature, are beautiful in their own right, mm. um, and desirable and stylish. And you know, I I'm very often I'm just looking at pages of stuff I want to buy. <laughs> um, and it's and then I think you and you get people in that way, and then they realise they're not missing out anything by shopping more ethically or shopping uh, with sustainable brands. If anything, they're gaining. Um, Absolutely. And then the beautiful story about that it's you know whatever you're talking about is helping the planet on top so I think yeah it, it's it's almost like getting people in on the visuals and then telling them the story mm. and have you found in your own journey of moving towards a more sustainable way of shopping and being that one of the side product the byproducts of that is actually that you end up buying less and much better quality things yeah so I definitely have done this with fashion mm. uh, I but I just I reckon around the same time that I launched Pebble when I became aware of just so many problems with all the the fast fashion industries um I decided I wasn't going to buy fast fashion anymore um and obviously launching a startup business you don't have tons of cash lying around yeah (laughs) godsend really to say I'm not going to buy any of that stuff anymore yeah Yeah. it's it's kind of worked in, in one way but not really um 
yeah, it's just made me not really shop. Um, mm. But when I do shop, I, I definitely support the brands that we talk about a lot on the magazine. And I'd rather now pay more for something that I know is going to last mm. um, and have that in my life forever rather than just buy a short-term solution that I'm going to have to replace. And I'm, you know, like everybody, I'm still unsure about a lot of things. You know, I, we had a conversation a couple of days ago. I've got some trainers that, you know, have massive holes in and I'm not quite sure where to take them to be recycled or can you recycle them? So I think wherever you are in finding out about this stuff, there's always more you can find out. There's always more you can do. And every even people that work in it, like you and I do all day, don't know everything. Oh, absolutely. Um, like just as to your point on the recycling front, you then have not only different countries doing things, but different counties and councils within countries doing things differently. So it really is a mind. It's not, there aren't any hard and fast rules when it comes to recycling yet. Oh, and it, that's what makes it so hard. You know, our council uh, isn't one of the better ones and it doesn't really recycle anything. Whereas some friends down the road, can do all sorts of different things. Mm. Um, I know someone was really yeah. jealous the other day when I said at a workshop, you know, we live in an apartment and um, it's a strata-run apartment, so um, having a compost bin doesn't necessarily suit everyone in our building and so we don't have one yeah. um, because, um, because you know, people are worried about rats or, you know, whatever. That, that's, their bit, that's their thing. I try and find a solution. And, um, and luckily our council takes green waste and, um, and composts it commercially. So it means that we can still be a part of composting and still live yeah. in, in the middle of the city, which is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, that that hasn't um, made it to where I live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are a couple of cool um, areas around New York that you can even just bring your green waste and um, to a little uh, composting organization, and you drop it off, and then they turn it into compost. Then they sell bags of composted materials for people to then grow stuff on their balconies and gardens. I mean, I think if anyone's kind of lit up by the idea of any of what we've just talked about there, um, recycling or compost, it really is worth having a dig around what's available in your area, isn't it? Because um, cause it really, Definitely. you know, some people find treasures all the time and report back. It is, and it's so localised. And I think also, you know, a lot of these things that we are getting back to or sort of um, trying to recover there's a huge sense of community there as well yes. that we that we had kind of maybe lost and want to get back. So I think a lot of these like making and mending cafes and the recycling and the food waste and the you know the community food banks and things like that, they're a really good way to meet people and, and sort of develop a, a sense of community if that's something you're missing as well. Mm. And you never meet someone who's mean in those sorts of um, <laughs> circles. I, I always say, you know, our Lotox, our Go Lotox alumni groups or our Lotox club chat group, all these sort of little areas. I've never met a mean Lotoxer in my life. Actually, there was one person I had to turn away in four years of running these private groups, um, you know, which I think just speaks volumes of the kind of, the kind of desires that unite us mean that we are searching to be kinder to ourselves, kinder to our planet, just a heck of a lot more kindness all round. And it means there's a lot of love there, you know. It's a, there's no room for nastiness, judgment, fear. All that stuff kind of goes away. Uh, I think that you're so right. And, and we, have, um, we have a Facebook group as well, the, the Pebble Pod, mm-hmm. um, and we have the same in there. There's no trolling. There's, everyone's really lovely. Everyone's trying to help each other and be cooperative. And I think everyone's got the same goal in mind, and it's not about making money. It's not like my business needs to be bigger than your business or 
I need to be better at doing this upcycling than you are. Everyone's just trying to help do their bit. Mm. Uh, and I think it does make it really cooperative. And that's something I've definitely found since, since launching Pebble. It's a different world from running mainstream magazines, uh, which is very cutthroat, very competitive. Um, and you've kind of got to, you know, keep all your information to yourself. And this is completely the opposite, and it's such a nicer way to work. Mm, much nicer. Um, and speaking of lovely companies and, and nice ways to work, you guys are working to become the first digital mag in the UK who are a B Corp, right? That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what attracted you to that? How did you learn about B Corp on a personal level and as a business owner and think, right, I want to be that? Um, I've known about B Corps for a really long time. Um, they've, I, I, like I, I think I said earlier, I'm a big Wired magazine reader, um, and they've been in there a lot. And I, th- that was always one of the seeds for Pebble when I, I started thinking about what we were going to cover. I was like, oh, I, I heard about these B Corps, and they're, you know, they're companies that put the planet um, up on, you know, they, they, they're working for the planet as well as profit, and they fill the gap between government and NGOs and charities, and they're people look at these businesses as a force for good and it kind of gave me this oh I can do that mm. you know there's nothing wrong with a business and putting some money back into the community or your or your charity or whatever it is and using it for as a force for good um so I've known about them for a really long time and then in the UK they've just suddenly exploded um and there's some really big companies um here that have just become B Corps like Innocent uh Drinks which are like a smoothie brand um, and Danone, which is a, a huge European sort of yogurt and dairy Gosh, wow. manufacturer. Wow. So massive companies are, are becoming B Corps. And a lot of the companies we deal with on Pebble, a lot of the, the clothing brands and um, you know guys that we've got actually become quite good friends with, they've all become B Corps uh, quite recently. So there seems to be quite a big supportive club, and I think that's a really – it's almost like an, uh, an alternative to the old boys network. You know, people <laughs> yeah. are supporting each other and, and supporting their businesses because their businesses are similar. Um, and I think that's really lovely. So the accreditation is the same all over the world, whether you're in the UK or whether you're in Ghana or, or anywhere. And it is pretty rigorous. Um, so we are in that process of making sure we've, we're doing enough with all of our uh, plans and putting some policies in place. Um, it's quite a lot of paperwork, um, and we'd we'd like to be sort of filed and accredited by the end of the year, but it it does take quite a bit of time. Amazing! And for any business owners listening who haven't um, heard of being what becoming a B Corp entails, I'll pop the link in the show notes because it really is an incredible thing. A lovely local business biome um, that I often recommend have become one, and uh, and Tracy and her team are amazing. And yeah, it's lo- it's like you say, it's kind of a sustainable business leg up, really, because everyone's out there supporting that great kind of business that's for people, for planet, for purpose. Definitely, that's exactly it. And I think because it's an internationally recognised accreditation, there aren't many of those around. You know, we all have different kind of standards and um, systems for for things like organic. Whereas this, it is the same all over the world. And I think it's it's becoming quite a stamp of authority mm. and a stamp of integrity. So um, yeah, I think it will become more and more important if your business is aligned to the purpose and the planet as well as profit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so for people who um, don't haven't heard of Pebble, obviously you guys are quite new on the scene. It's only about what a year and a half old ish. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, 
is it kind of like the low tox life in in that you know the way you would describe it is we talk about fashion you talk about the home you talk about body products you talk about food mind kind of topics is it kind of the whole gamut of sustainable thinking and living absolutely Mm -hmm. um it's it's very similar um yeah, I like to say it's sort of food, fashion, travel and design with an ethical edge. Lovely, um, yeah. So everything from sort of slow travel, we do a lot of trains, do a lot of green hotels, um, we do a lot of wellness and yoga, right through to sort of quite crazy um, like hacker spaces and maker spaces that are trying to create circular economy systems. Oh, cool. Um, right through to sort of green architecture. Um, we've got a feature coming up on the Formula E, which is an electric version of Formula One. Um, oh wow! So like, How cool is that? Um, <laughs> it is quite cool. My my um my business partner is a really big like Formula One nut, so he's oh, gone crazy. So is my for husband, it. yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think we we are naturally a little bit more feminine than masculine, but we have about sixty forty slips, which isn't too bad. Oh, that's um, great. The only thing I'd say we don't cover is kind of parenting stuff, um, just because there are so many wonderful sites that already do that. Um, and I don't have any children, so I wouldn't want to write about something that I can't sort of be authentic on and, and experienced on. Mm. Um, but everything else we, we totally cover. And we try and have a bit of a theme each month. So at the moment, it's travel for August. Um, for September, we have organic September over here in the UK. So we'll be doing a lot more around uh, food and the zero waste week as well, which is in September. So it's more on that. And we're already planning Christmas, which seems crazy. I know it does seem crazy, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I, we're having a strategy meeting tomorrow morning with the team to think about, you know, what Christmas recipes I need to create and um, all that kind of stuff. It's just like, oh my gosh, how did we get here again already? I know, I know, it comes around so quickly and part of me loves it and part of me is like dreading it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So given that August, which is the the current month, is on travel as your theme, have you got a couple of super amazing or really inspiring ecotourism locations that you guys have covered? Um, We're running a story at the moment, um, which I love, is a conservation uh, charity over in Borneo, and they're basically trying to replace um, coral reefs that have been damaged by bomb fishing, Mm -hmm. so fishermen just literally throwing dynamite into the water, um, and also trying to save them from the um, crown of thorns starfish, which basically eat coral. Um, They're they're quite dangerous. And what I love about them is that anyone can go. Um, anyone can go and be on this desert island for anything from two weeks up to six months and you can learn to dive out there, you can help them with their marine research, you can even get qualifications um, in marine science while you're there. And I just think it's a really wonderful mixture of the, the kind of the conservation and the science but also being accessible to people who want to do something on their um, holidays yeah. or who want to have some kind of action and, and get involved. Um, so I think that's a really, really lovely story. Um, a photographer that we know has, has sort of filed it from there and has been there for a long time. Um, and they're, they're doing really, really great work as well. So a lot of research um, as well as, as trying to regrow coral. Incredible. Um, and, and what a beautiful thing to do uh, on a holiday. Like I, I can imagine the deep sense of give back in, in that kind of a situation would just be off the hook. 
Definitely. And I think there's, um, from what I understand, there's people from all over the world and, and, and absolutely all ages. So it's a real communal feel on the island. And I think if you want to meet people and you want to do something on your own and don't really know what to do, I think it's a really lovely thing to to put aside some time if, if, you, if you're looking at um, traveling for a bit. Mm, um, yeah. And then yeah. We're, we're also running a story... Um, about uh, a boat in Mozambique which is all being made out of recycled flip-flops and then it's going to sail down the coast uh, of Africa to kind of highlight again how much plastic waste is coming out of um, like the west coast of India and the east coast of Africa and they're kind of basically swapping each other's plastic rubbish oh, wow. um, yeah. so yeah. there's this big uh, big boat being being built out of the recycled flip-flops which I think is quite a nice sort of uh, image to, to think of these flip-flops being turned into a boat amazing yeah that is that's nuts uh, there would be so many wasted every year around the world so many yeah I, I, again it's one of those things you don't even think of and then you think what well, well I don't keep my flip-flops or thongs aren't they in Australia sorry yeah yeah um, yeah <laughs> uh yeah I mean where do they go it's it's uh it's when you start thinking about where all your stuff goes I think that's when the the, the terror sets in that's right and you know like I find it's really just a process of you develop your consciousness kind of before you start buying things, right? That's obviously how it kind of works, which one comes first. Um, but then instead of freaking out, just thinking each purchase that one is considering now becomes a, pro a research project. And you think a lot more about where that thing comes from, how it's made, what materials are used, whether it's recyclable, um, and you know, like I remember with flip flops, just thinking I'm going to ditch the, the well-known brand that everybody uses around the world. I'm going to try and find some natural rubber ones. And, yeah. and it wasn't too hard. It was just a quick Google and a couple of price comparisons, find something in your budget. Um, yeah. and off you go. And if you just kind of do that every time, not only does the fact that you have to research for three days before you can find something <laughs> to get, um, slow you down from buying in the first place it often kind of um, creates uh, false savings in that sense you just you just literally don't have the opportunity to buy so much because it takes you so long to figure out what to buy in the first place See, I don't think that's any bad thing really no um, I think it's excellent it just slows everything down doesn't it yeah and I, I think that's it's a really I think that's one of the biggest issues around getting people to shop more ethically is they don't know where to go and they don't know the brands as well mm. so that's one thing we're really focusing on with Pebble is trying to um, round up as many uh, fashion features and sort of brands that we can um, and put them in really easy places for people we've got uh, an ethical fashion ebook coming out uh, next month with sort of like our top 50 brands that we we recommend oh fab uh, which I think will be really useful for people. And then we have a weekly, we call it the Lust List, um, every Friday through our newsletter. And that's uh, four or five things that we found that week that just absolutely love. So, and a lot of it's often new brands. Um, and we get so many people emailing us back saying they've, they've bought something because they, it, we'd, we'd featured something they'd been looking for for ages. Or you know, the other day we did feature a natural rubber um, flip-flop company. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you know we do. We end up doing a lot of work for people and sort of try and present it as easy as we can, so that they can come to us and know that they're going to find the brands that they need at the at the prices they need, um, and some and a bit more information about why you're doing it and why it's important. Mm, yeah, and that's key, isn't it? Because 
you know, anyone can just swap from shopping one thing to a guru telling them, no, 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 buy this instead. But I think the real magic, and I'm keen to hear your thoughts on this, is when you really do the transformative work of the why, um, because uh, once you do that, you actually completely change the way you filter, like permanently. Definitely. And I think once you once you learn certain things, you kind of, it's like Pandora's box, isn't it? You can't really forget them. And there was a, a documentary I watched last year um, called River Blue, sorry, name nearly escaped me, um, which is all about sort of the, the toxicity and the dyeing industry around making denim and making mm, jeans. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's heart, you, you don't want to watch it when you're not feeling on TikTok form. It is, it's quite heartbreaking. But it does make you consider every denim purchase I'll ever make ever again is is completely changed because you don't want to contribute any more to those the, the, the sort of the, the terrifying um, images that you've seen in the documentary. So I think it is getting people to understand the process and also understand, you know, things don't just appear in shops. They've been made by somebody. They've been made with materials, and it's looking at how that's been made and where it's been made and the conditions. But you also don't want to overload people. And I think a lot, a lot of the information can be a bit scary and it can feel a bit overwhelming, like you, you're not going to be able to change anything. Mm. And one thing I'm quite keen on with Pebble is always presenting a positive solution. So it's not just us kind of going, this is awful. Oh, my gosh, um, it's so true, isn't it? Like the history of the internet of people caring yeah. has been so, you know, everything's trying to kill you or we've been destroying our planet. And, yes, we have, like to be fair. Yeah. That is a fact. But at the same time, in the way that we, um, you know, that kind of picture of an activist swinging off a sea shepherd boat, uh, you know, trying to, trying to um, uh, stop um, whaling in Japan or something really massive like that, so many of us are terrified by something like that and almost repelled by the images such that we completely close it off because we feel like that's never going to be me I'm never going to be that good at being a caring person for the planet but we then miss this huge opportunity with the average everyday person being able to do hundreds of positive things a month in the simple way that we do stuff yeah we have an amazing audience of of very ethically engaged consumers and they're I love you know our audience are loyal and amazing, but we also want to, you know, we want to grow in the area where people might not have considered these things before, because like you were saying, you know, every choice you make can be an ethical one. And actually you don't have to stand up and shout, you know, I'm, I'm into activism or I'm going to support these causes. You can just go quietly and make these different choices. You don't even have to tell anyone if you're embarrassed about it or you think people will challenge you on it. Um, and just start shopping differently. You know, most of our, you know, a lot of our shopping is done online now. There's no, it's, it's like you were saying, there's no real um, sacrifice or difference um, in supporting brands that are helping the planet. So I think it's, it is, it's tapping into those people and also helping them realize what's out there. Because I think if you aren't in this world, you might, you don't even realize the potential of, of brands and companies and amazing people out there. So it's kind of connecting all the dots together for people. Yeah, that's right. And um, speaking of connecting the dots, I think one of the things that people find the hardest 
certainly in my community, once uh, you're sort of fully aware of everything, you then want to um, bring these uh, low-tox principles into your travel. And you're out and you're traveling and you think, oh gosh, where's this? Where's that? How am I going to find one of those? And I was so thrilled to see that you had actually begun putting together travel guides for sort of sustainably minded people. Can you talk me through how that's going to work? Sure. Yeah. So the the Pebble uh, guides launched in April, so they're still pretty new. Um, We basically went away and built a whole new tech platform, um, which really wasn't wasn't intentional to like launch a second business, but we kind of have done. Um, So they run completely on their own. Um, They're all underpinned by Google Maps and they're free uh, web apps. So Mm -hmm. you just go online and you click on the city that you want uh, to look at and it brings up a map and then you can uh, choose between 11 categories, everything from um, vegan cafes and eco hotels to places to shop and eat, through to farmers markets and bike paths and crafters and makers and voluntary opportunities as well. So it's not all about spending money. It's it's also about experiencing the city. Um, and I'm, you know, my background's uh, in travel as a travel journalist, and I've written a lot of city guides and, and travel guides for people. Uh, and I've always sort of thought, you know, it's you don't you sometimes end up in a city for a weekend and you don't really feel like you're getting to grips with it. You know, mm. you feel like you're a lot of the cool stuff or the eco stuff or the stuff you're really interested in. So we wanted to be a bit of a shortcut to that. Um, and we also put together half day itineraries around the city for people. So if you're interested in shopping, you can just download the shopping guide and, and literally follow it around the city and we'll take you everywhere that, that's cool. Um, and for us, it's, it's bringing together the kind of the organic restaurants and the people that are giving back and the social enterprises, but also the artisans and the potters and the crafters in a city that might open their studio one day a month and you can go and have a chat to them. And we wanted people, we wanted to make it easier to meet people, Mm. um, talk to shopkeepers or talk to, you know, people that have the same interests you do through this app. Um, so we have launched two cities in the UK, uh, Nottingham and Bristol. We're launching Brighton um, next week. And then we've got a plan for 10 more next year. And we'll start internationally rolling it out next year as well. Oh, fab, um, fab, fab, fab. It's, it's still a kind of, it's a down low project. But it's just kind of bubbling away. And we haven't done lots and lots and lots of marketing around it. But I think once we have a kind of suite of cities of five or six, we will we will start promoting it as you know, a really strong um, alternative if you're looking for stuff to do and you want to um, live by the values that you live with at home. Love it. So good. And I just know so many people are going to love that. Um, we've got, I think, about 20% of the people who listen to the show are in the UK. So it's great to know that you can already do, what was it, Nottingham and Bristol, was it? Nottingham and Bristol. Yeah. Um, is coming up and then we have Norwich and Cardiff coming up this year as well. So five UK cities uh, this fab. year. Oh, that's such a shame you're not doing London by the time I'm there in October. I'll have to just, I'll have to just use who I know, right, and email you personally. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I can give you lots of tips anyway, definitely. Um, Love it. putting off just because it's so massive. Um, oh, I can imagine. It's the yeah. hugest ever. <laughs> and actually, to be fair, there are some really great places I know already, so I, I'll be okay, but I'm looking forward to that yeah, guide the next time I come. Fine. Mm. we'll help you out with some some suggestions for for sure nice um now something that i i want to sort of um ask you because i i find uh you know given you're also in the business of of helping people feel positive one of the major things that is an area where it 
we can kind of feel a bit defeated and we can feel a bit sad about is when our friends and our family start to see us as the hippie lunatic um, (laughs) for caring about all of this stuff. And I always love to ask, you know, because it takes many heads to come up with great solutions. Uh, And I would love to hear what your advice is when, um, or or even a personal story of maybe having transitioned to becoming um, very sustainably minded and and friends thinking, oh God, she's lost the plot. Oh, is this going to be okay for Georgina? Let's just run it past sustainability freak over there before we do anything. (laughs) All that kind of, you know, underhanded um, passive aggression that we can come up against on our own road to simply just wanting to be a better human. Uh, which um, which is, is sad, really, that there's that there's that opposition often. But I'd love to see what you have to say about all of that and your experience, either personally or in giving advice to others around it. Sure. Um, gosh, I think I, I seem to have two sets of friends at the moment. There's the friend that I've actually met through Pebble, who are all kind of singing from the same hymn book and, you know, I think saying the same thing as you and, and, and sort of having this, trying to do the right thing um, when you can and as often as you can. Um, and then there's my, my really old friends who uh, laughed slightly when I went out to Dubai and now laugh even harder that I've become a sustainability expert. Mm. Um, I think a lot of my passions I hadn't really verbalized to them before, so they, I think they, they were a bit surprised. Um, and now it's just it, it's part and parcel of what I do and who I am and what my job is. Um, I don't tend to kind of browbeat or have goes at them um oh gosh no yeah that 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 definitely doesn't work yeah no it doesn't work but I have got a bit carried away over plastic straws um occasionally (laughs) um but I think it's just trying to talk to them on their level as well and kind of go okay what are you interested in well how about you think about this um but also it's it's demonstrating what you're doing um and a lot of people have kind of seen stuff I've done on Instagram or seen stuff that we've done with Pebble and gone oh you're now using like beeswax wraps. How have you found that? Or where can I buy some? Um, my mom has completely changed how she shops and thinks and does. Um, my partner, who um, was not particularly eco-minded, let's just say, um, has actually completely changed. Um, she used to buy like a horrendous amount of fizzy pop and uh, in plastic bottles. And now we have a soda stream um, at home for fizzy oh, water. Um, we swapped to that, so that's kind of cut out uh, a you know, huge amount of plastic. And if she does buy like Diet Coke or something, she'll buy it in a tin or a can rather than a plastic bottle, or she'll go without. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to just you getting on and doing it, and people will take notice and ask you questions about it. And I think that's the best way to kind of engage their curiosity rather than tell people off oh my gosh yes you're preaching to the converted that's exactly (laughs) my tactic exactly what i I share with people yeah Yeah, you just have to bite your tongue and you know you don't know what's going on with other people especially if people have lots of kids or you know their their priorities are are distracted um but i think a lot of a lot of my friends and a lot of my people i know read pebble and they i think they get the information that way rather than me kind of personally telling them everything Mm, yeah and I think you know just by being the change and in like inciting a question and getting someone's curiosity you you it's then an invitation to share information as opposed to an unwelcome um opportunity to share information and I really do think 
Um, if you think about all areas of spreading ideas, that, that, that has always historically worked best. You know, you incite curiosity, you get people going, oh, what's that about? And then, then you can share and that's yeah. welcome because someone's kind of put up their hand to say, I want to know more. Definitely. And that's, that's how Pebble works completely. You know, I, I kind of say with a carrot, not stick. Um, we don't want to like, we don't want to beat people up with with statistics and doom and gloom and stuff. We want to encourage curiosity and we want to show also that anyone can do this stuff. You know, even the people who are changing the world with huge campaigns, they're only one person. They started somewhere. So for us, if someone reads a Pebble article and then goes away and actually it inspires them to make a change or however big or small that to us is an amazing win. Like that's what we're about. Um, you know, we want to change people's habits, but do it in a way where they feel good about it and they feel empowered. Mm, beautiful. Um, and speaking of empowerment, um, to finish up, I'd love to ask you what, what your big scary goals are. I mean, it sounds like you are on very much on a trajectory of like building this thing, building it big and fast so that you can get enough information together because I mean half of the battle as I experienced myself is just writing the amount of content you want to produce right as a business yeah I think it's just hours in the day isn't it yeah, it's never yeah. enough that's right <laughs> and you want to be writing and uh doing social media and doing interviews and all sorts of other things um but <laughs> why, for us, why don't it, we have time to do all of that why yeah, I wonder <laughs> Yeah, and all the admin stuff, you know, yeah. the boring stuff. Oh, accounting. Not... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah, Friday afternoon. I know. Um, like, don't they realise we're trying to change the world? Surely we should be exempt from accounting. I know. I'm trying to do my tax search at the moment. So, yes, I feel that. Um, uh, what, uh, sorry, the, the question was how we... We've, <laughs> What's oh, next? What's God. your big goal for the mag? Oh, um I think for us, we are we are massively growing. Um, you know, we doubled our readership in six the first six months of this year. We're growing like twenty percent month on month at the moment. Uh, for us, it's keeping the momentum up and getting um, you know just growing our audience and talking to more people and, and having them feel like Pebble's a place they can go and it's a place that's supportive. Um, and we're also rolling out the brand into other things. So we're doing a um, a pop up plastic-free shop at a big organic festival in London next month. Um, we're looking at doing a big event next year, which I've, I have I want to tell you lots about, but I can't quite yet. Um, but I'll have lots more details in a, in a month or so. Um, so we, we want people to be able to interact with Pebble on lots of different uh, platforms in lots of different ways, whether it's on social, whether it's on the website, through you know hearing interviews, or, or whether it's coming and meeting us in real life. Um, so and trying to balance all of that uh, with actually having a life uh, is is quite, is probably my biggest challenge. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, you're doing a very good job of it so far, and I can't wait to um, connect our audience to what you guys are doing um, with uh, all the relevant. You know, show notes always have a bazillion links so that everyone can find you. But your Instagram tag to be super quick because that's something people can just whip out their phones now and and. Sure, follow. it's just Pebble Magazine. So we're at Pebble Magazine on on every social media platform going. Awesome, um, it's very easy. Keep it nice and easy, right? That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Georgina. It's been a pleasure getting to know you, getting to hear a little bit more 
behind this super fast growing and gorgeous publication you've put together. I want to say a huge congrats and thank you for the work you do. Oh, well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. Um, I love your podcast and it's really um, inspiring to be amongst other people that you've interviewed. Uh, like you were telling me, sort of a, you know, you've got some incredible people that you've, you've had on. So we're, we're really thrilled to be in that alumni and, uh, and connect to your readers as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you, inspire you to take community action and there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written. You can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name. I make everything super easy, Lotox Life, so you can find it really, really simply. Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lotox Life and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show, you're going to get bonus Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week. Music.